0: This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Our second reading comes from John's Gospel, chapter 20. And in the first verses, we hear that it was early in the morning. The sun had not yet risen. Sunday was the first day of the week. And what happened is that Mary Magdalene has gone to the tomb. It's outside of Jerusalem in a garden area. From the other gospels, we know that she's been with other women carried spices. They wanted to have the soldiers roll back the stone so that they could anoint Jesus and be with the body one last time. They arrive and the stone has been rolled away. The tomb is empty. Apparently it is Mary Magdalene who is sent back to Jerusalem to share the alarming news with the disciples. She finds Peter and John and she shares, they have taken away the Lord, we don't know where he is. Peter and John race to the tomb and seeing the grave clothes there with the the napkin covering Jesus' head folded up, they leave and they go back to Jerusalem. So picking up with John chapter 20, verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, or Mariam. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means my teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we ask that the same word that Mary heard that gave her hope and life would be a fresh word from you today by your Holy Spirit so that we may come alive and that we may have purpose. We pray it in your holy name. Amen. Well a question we must ask why is mary weeping is she just having a bad day i mean is it like that red-headed boy alexander in judith vorst's book alexander and the terrible horrible no good very bad day now do you remember that book If Alexander fell asleep one night with chewing gum in his mouth and he woke up and it was stuck all in his hair, getting out of bed, he slipped on the skateboard and he dropped his favorite sweater in the sink while the water was still running. And then it gets worse from there. He goes to school and troubles Mount. His mother forgets to put a dessert in his lunchbox. He loses his status with his best friend. After school, he goes to the dentist and they find a cavity that has to be filled. And then he gets white sneakers instead of the fancy cute kind. Then at night, he served lima beans at dinner and he hates lima beans. At night, his bath water is too hot And he's made to wear his railroad pajamas. And he hates his railroad pajamas. Now, is Mary having a very bad, terrible, horrible, no good day? No. What we're going to find is that Mary has something much deeper going on. She's weeping because she cannot find whom she's looking for. The passage that we read on Easter morning is that there are two questions that give us the message of Easter. Why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Let's look at Mary and then let's look at ourselves. A story of Mary that we know is only in the Gospels. It's slim. We know that she had seven demons that were delivered out of her by Jesus Christ. Something terrible had happened, and she is relieved of this. She becomes one of the few women who follow Jesus along with the disciples. these women financially support Jesus' ministry. Church tradition adds to Mary Magdalene's story. They assume that it is Mary Magdalene, a woman of ill repute who wept at Jesus' feet, wetting his feet with her tears and drying his feet with her hair. It is the multi-season television drama called The Chosen that won 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes that portrays Jesus through the life of those who saw him. In episode one, the very first scene is of Mary Magdalene as a small child. She's maybe seven or eight years old. And she comes out at night from the family tent and sits next to her father who is by a fire. She's afraid. She's often afraid. And her father says to her, Remember the words of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Israel, He who formed you, O Jacob, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In this series, the same same episode, scene two, is 28 years later. Mary wakes up in a terrible dread. Years earlier, she has been assaulted by a Roman soldier, and she has been abused and used by many men ever since then. Dark demons fill her mind, and no one is able to help her. And then she finds herself in a dark alley at night, and she hears a voice behind her saying, Mary, Mary Magdala. She says, how do you know my name? And the man puts his hands on her face and says, thus says the Lord, he, who created you, O Jacob? He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Mary breaks down in tears. It is Jesus who has said this. This is the reason that Mary weeps. We weep when we something terrible happens. Mary has experienced the gruesome execution of the one she loved the most in the world. He has died. And now she's, she's come to the tomb for that closure that we all need. She's brought spices, but she wants to have time with the body. We've done that in a hospital room, when someone we love is passed, we need to be with them. Jesus' body, though, is not there. Mary is completely alone. Not just at the tomb. She, she feels completely alone in the universe. It has pushed her beyond her emotional capacity, and she bursts out, crying. I wonder what are the things that make you weep? It was a year ago that the pandemic hit in full force. I think it was Friday the 13th of March when students went their last full day of in-person instruction at school. That's when people began to line up outside of grocery stores, six feet apart, and then you got inside there was still no toilet paper. It's when life suddenly became complex, surreal, and sad. Then the murder of George Floyd, and then the racial riots. Then we had natural disasters of fires and floods, and then we had political turmoil that darkened our nation's future. We have shared reasons to weep, but we have personal reasons as well. We have been cut off from those that we love, even at their time of death. Some suffer depression and there are others who suffer life-threatening illnesses. Children have veered off course or had struggles of their own, marital strife, growing threats of job loss and economic hardship. But the biggest reason, the biggest reason that we weep is when we lose hope. In that time between Jesus' crucifixion and this first Easter morning, Mary and the disciples and and all that they believed in became past tense. When Jesus died, in a sense, they themselves died. It was over, hope was gone. I don't know if there is a situation that you are in right now where it looks as hopeless as it did to Mary on that first Easter morning. When hope is lost, Jesus comes looking for us. Mary, she stoops down and looks in the tomb And where the grave clothes mark where the body was, she sees two angelic figures. Woman, why are you crying, they ask her. Now, some say that we know that those angels were men because of the question they ask her. (laughs) Why are you crying? Men don't say that. Just say, oh, I see you have tears something. But she answers, they have taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have put him. Mary is looking for a body. She's looking in the tomb for Jesus' dead body. Is it possible? Is it possible? that we will not find what we are looking for because it falls short of the glory and purposes of God. Is it possible that what we were looking for, we will never find because it falls short of the glory and purposes of God? When Mary had said this to the angel, she turned around and she saw Jesus. But she did not know that it was Jesus. There are many natural explanations. She'd been crying too much. Her eyes were puffy early in the morning. The sun was in her eyes. But we see from all of the stories of post-resurrection appearances, everyone had difficulty recognizing Jesus by appearance. It was only in his words, and his actions, that they knew for sure they were in the presence of the risen Lord. Jesus says, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Notice Jesus' second question. Whom are you looking for? Not what are you looking for? Mary is looking for a body. It is a what. Are you looking for a what in life or a who? Thinking for the, that he was the gardener, Mary said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him. I will take him. Mary cannot see Jesus right in front of her. I don't know, but maybe something similar happens to us as well maybe maybe we're Mary this Easter morning silently weeping and alone in our grief but Jesus is looking for us Jesus then calls by name and we recognize his voice Jesus said Mary And Mary must have turned back towards the tomb, and she turns and says, Rabboni, my teacher. That one word, Mary's name, spoken by the most significant person in her life, changed her whole life. Biblical scholar, Dale Bruner, he writes, I imagine that the world shifted ever so slightly on its axis at that moment. And history too moved imperceptibly from BC to AD. A second before she turned, she was in the deepest human despair. And a second after this turn, she is filled with the deepest possible human elation. Have you ever heard words that changed your life? Mary Ann Byrd did. She was born in the last century with multiple birth defects. She was born with a cleft palate and misshapen lips, a crooked nose, crooked teeth, in garbled speech. Marianne knew she was different, and she hated it. When school children asked her why she had such a misshapen face and lip, she would say that she fell and cut herself on glass, thinking that somehow an accident was better than saying I was born this way. Marianne was convinced that no one outside of her family could ever love her. There was, however, a second grade teacher, Mrs. Leonard, whom every student adored. Mrs. Leonard was short, round, and happy, a sparkling personality. And in the annual hearing test, which you may remember was the old school way, children would stand toward the door and Mrs. Leonard would sit at her desk and whisper a sentence and have the child cover one ear and repeat the sentence. She would whisper something like, the sky is blue or do you have new shoes? And the students would have to repeat it back. When it was finally Mary Ann's turn, she waited to hear the words that surely God put in that teacher's mouth. Seven words that changed Mary Ann's life. Mrs. Leonard said, in her whisper i wish you were my little girl i wish you were my little girl now isn't this what mary magdalene experienced when jesus called her name mary i've called you by name you are mine says the lord this is what Jesus meant when he said in John 10, the good shepherd knows his sheep and calls them by name, and his sheep know his voice. In that moment, Mary's faith and hope came out of the tomb. She gathered herself around Jesus, her Lord. It's Jesus who's calling you this morning by name, Janine, Debbie, Jeff, Julia, Paul, David. If hope has been dashed, if faith is barely flickering, you are with Mary this morning. Jesus comes to you calling you by name and you can gladly respond when Jesus called Mary it wasn't just her name he called her to give a message he called her to have a purpose he called her to have a purposeful mission he assigned to Mary a message to give to the disciples who are distraught who were discouraged. Now, all four Gospels declare, attest, that it was women who first came to the tomb, who first had resurrection experience, who first saw the angels, who received the message, who were to go back and tell the others. It is the Lord's choice to choose such ambassadors at a century in history in which women were not even allowed to give evidence of testimony in court. Now, isn't that like the Lord? Choosing ambassadors that the world would dismiss. I don't know if the world has dismissed you disqualified you from having a mission with God to having a testimony, to having something that you are called to do, that you do with God and for God because of the hope set within you. You are not disqualified any longer. Maybe you are the one who has disqualified yourself. It is Jesus who puts into you a message gives to you life to give hope to others. So Mary went. She announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she gave them all that he had said. Why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Look, he is here. He is risen. He's calling you by name. He's sending you into the world with a message of hope. How will you answer? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would give us new life so that if we have been disqualified by anything, or if we have disqualified ourselves from hearing and going, that today would be the new day when we are seen, touched, and commissioned. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.